Welcome into the Snapped Podcast. My name is Tyler Kluber, and I'm a former Division I athlete turned entrepreneur. I run my own fitness and nutrition coaching business, as well as a sports media brand that produces podcasts, sells merchandise, and creates exclusive paid content. The fun part is I don't really know what I'm doing as a business owner. I'm just figuring it out day by day. This show, Snapped, acts as an audio journal for my thoughts and ideas on fitness, health, business, mindset, and whatever else I find important on the pursuit to personal happiness and a balanced life. I hope you can take something from the show that makes your life a little bit better. And regardless, I'm just happy you're here. Let's have a day. Let's go. Welcome to the Snap Podcast. We are back for another week. Today on the show, we're going to talk about RPE, Rate of Perceived Exertion. And as I sit here, I think, have I done this episode before? I don't believe I have. I have all of the notes for it here, and I went back and scrolled through all the episodes, and I didn't see an RPE RPE episode. So if I already did it, then here's another one, hopefully a little bit more well thought out. If I didn't already do it, hopefully you can take something away from it. RPE is uh, something that's honestly pretty important. I think not just for the advanced person in fitness, big yawn to start the podcast, uh, the advanced person in fitness, but the beginners and people who are just dabbling as well. Uh, We'll talk about why it's important in a second. Uh, As far as a personal update for this week, there's not much going on in my life. We're just chugging away. We're middle of the football season. Everything is just pretty locked in. Every day has its tasks and to-do list to be done and checked off. And we just keep chugging along. We will be doing a another DEXA scan in two weeks. Two weeks? About two weeks. Uh, and that will be a three-month time frame from the time we got it done uh, first back a few months ago. Uh, 12, 13-ish weeks. Obviously, during those uh, three months, I will have pretty significantly tightened down on the life, nutrition, health, training screws. Um, So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Uh, I've eaten at a... Well, we'll get into it, but I've eaten a lot more calories. I've increased my diet... I've increased my training for sure, but I've gained weight. I eat more and I plan to, y'all number two, I plan to be leaner, ideally significantly leaner. So we'll see where we're at in a couple of weeks. We'll obviously do a podcast on that. RPE, rate of perceived exertion. First time I probably heard about RPE, well, it was probably... When I started looking up fitness or workout videos back in high school, I don't think many people were talking about it back then. Uh, So I I think probably the first place this showed up was like in my exercise science classes at uh, in college. And for a long time, I kind of just looked at it as like a academic uh, utility. You know, when, when you're in the classroom and when you're actually doing the boring academic classwork-based work that involves program design, uh, 
or, you know, dealing with a client like this uh, theoretical client for a project. RPE is the way to get around kind of the gym lingo, the bro gym lingo of like, you know, sets and reps and was it heavy? Was it not heavy? What do you got left in the tank? All that stuff. Like RPE is the way to datafy that, quantify it, probably. Better word. So it's become more relevant to me outside of that academic setting since I got into being a, what I would call an advanced CrossFit athlete. And the reason being is when you're training at the level that I do, uh, the necessity for that RPE is important because of load management. And basically what that means is I'm lifting a lot of weights a lot of time, a lot of the time, frequently, daily, not taking tons of rest. So we have to be smart about how much we're loading um, certain muscle groups, certain movement patterns, and at what intensities, RPE, uh, so that we don't run ourselves into the ground. The reason that I think it's important for people who aren't necessarily advanced athletes, who aren't running into the overtraining problem, is a lot of people probably seek to just hit a standard or hit a minimum effective dose of training each week. They want to get in, get out, and that's all they care about. They just want to do the bare minimum that's going to make them healthy or get them stronger, or lose them, whatever it's going to be, right, for their goal. And using RPE is actually one metric that can help sort of process that, like, well, that load management for you, even though it's at a much more reduced total volume. Um, you can see, oh, I trained at a 6 out of 10 RPE for 60 or 70% of my week. I trained at a moderate RPE or a high RPE for this percentage of my week. And here's how I felt doing that. I didn't feel good doing that. I need to back off. I need to spend more time in the moderate range. So, so on and so forth. RPE is a way to put on paper, a way to, again, quantify how hard we are working at a certain activity. There are two RPE scales, and one of them uh, can sort of be used in like three separate ways. So bear with me here, but I'm going to try and explain each of them. And I'll say this again at the end, but the important thing is that when you work off an RPE scale, you want to use the same scale every time when comparing workouts. That is four yawns in eight minutes. Jesus Christ. So the first scale, and this is for, uh, and this is sort of the one we used, I, I feel like, at least for memory, in, in academic. Um, the first scale is a 6 to 20 scale. And that 6 to 20 scale sort of is based off of our heart rate. So now we're adding an, another metric, a 
a parallel metric to judge our activity. The idea being that the vast majority of people, you average out a population size heart rate, uh, resting heart rate, we're going to be somewhere around 60. I'd actually guess that that's probably going to be a little higher than that, but let's just say it's a fit community where you know, people who care about RPE are probably into the fitness stuff. So let's say the average is 60 or a little higher, maybe somewhere in the sixties, low sixties. And uh, the max heart rate that most people, in fact, most people probably aren't touching it, are going to see is somewhere up around 200. And so this six to 20 scale is, you know, divide those numbers, those heart rate numbers by 10, 60 comes down to six, 200 comes down to 20. And uh, that you're kind of looking at a scale that matches your heart rate output, right? The other scale is just simple, one to 10. So that one can be used in three different ways. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, the other, I want to go back to quickly why you would use this. You can also track how much time you spend for certain movements inside of an RPE uh, or inside of a certain movement at which RPE. Um, week to week, progression-wise, you can use RPE as a new as a beginner to say a certain weight or a certain rep scheme or even the total workout felt like a 6 out of 10 instead of a 7 out of 10 this week. So maybe I've gotten fitter or I've gotten stronger, right? If I do a bench press at 135 pounds and this week it feels like that effort for me was a 9 out of 10, and then I do it again next week, and it only kind of feels like an eight and a half or an eight out of 10. You probably have made progress. You've gotten stronger. It is not taking your body as much effort to do the same amount of work that you've done before. One of the one to 10 scales quite literally speaks to what you have left in the tank, what you perceive to have left in the tank rep-wise. And we'll get there as well. Um, and again, using RPE sort of allows you to work out or train based on what you have for that specific day. We're not always going to feel good. We're not always going to feel rested, recovered, fresh, explosive, strong in a certain body part. We've all had those days where you go into the gym and you're like, damn, I just don't have it today. Something about today, whether it was I got poor sleep or my nutrition's been off or I'm not hydrated or I'm stressed because of something else and that's affecting my focus. We've all had those days and you will continue to have those days because you're human where you just don't have it. And on those days, more than likely, similar efforts that you've done before, again, you hop back on that 135 bench press Shit, now it feels like a nine or a nine and a half that day. And you're like, what is going on? I can barely get 10 out of this, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that you've gotten weaker. That, that speaks to, eh, it's just not my day. But knowing and marking down what kind of RPE that felt like can be really beneficial. Knowing 
going into a session that it's not your day or you kind of recognize that early on can quickly shift your mindset to I know that I don't have all the juice today. So my six out of, um, and the intensity or whatever is prescribed or written for your workout that day is trying to get you to a certain stimulus. Now you're able to back off some weights or back off some volume or some sets and still hit what feels like a seven out of 10 for you. Even if on your best day, your seven out of 10 might be more than that. It can allow you to feel good and maximize your potential in that moment and not feel like you've gotten nothing out of the workout. So again, back to the, the one to 10 scale, we'll break down those quickly. Um, let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll quickly wrap up the six to 20. Cause I feel like most people aren't going to use that, but it's good to, to hit on again. The six to 20 follows the heart rate. This is more than likely going to be used with athletes, people who are advanced competing, training in heart rate zones. Um, and again, it's, it's fairly simple, uh, the concept, but in practice, it's a little bit easier or it's a little bit harder. It's actually a lot harder because what it requires, again, because you're using the parallel metric of, of heart rate is sort of learning what your body feels like at a 125 heart rate or a 145 heart rate, or a 185 heart rate, right? What does it feel? How heavy are you breathing? How much are you sweating? How much does it hurt? Um, what is the body response? And what is what does it look like and feel like at specific heart rates? We're all pretty good at the extremes of those, right? At the 6 and 20 ends. We all pretty much know at rest what rest feels like you're just sitting in a chair you're you know standing at a desk or something and we're all pretty uh familiar although there can be a little bit of nuance to this too and it can really open some people's eyes uh we're all pretty familiar with what it feels like to be absolutely maxed out my heart is beating out of my chest i cannot breathe everything hurts we we pretty much understand that that is your 20 on this scale but the in between stuff especially when you break it down to a scale of uh, 15 possible numbers and hell, you could even go with half numbers. You know, you might say uh, it felt like a 12.5 RPE, a 13, 13, five RPE. You're getting into increments that are quite literally five heartbeats. How do you know the difference between a one to by just guessing at how fast you're breathing and how much something hurts? Uh, the difference between a 125 heart rate and a 132 heart rate, right? What's the real difference? They're both basically like a 12 or a 13. So it, it takes some, if you're really going to use this for its purpose and be really, really specific, you kind of are getting into a world where you're, you're getting pretty nitty gritty about, you know, the details. The other downfall to that is this, and I would say it's probably why this scale probably works best for cardio or, you know, endurance training rather than lifting weights. And that's because one lifting weights based off of if it's an upper body or a lower body movement um, is not going to 
you know, it, you can reach a failure set on tricep extension. Your heart rate isn't going to be 180 or 190 beats per minute, right? Your lifting heart rate is never going to correlate with this six to 20 scale. So you're probably using this on cardio kind of endurance stuff. And even then, if you're rowing or if you're on an air bike or if you're on a road bike or a Peloton or you're running or you're on the skier, like there's multiple, you're swimming. Those different disciplines of cardio are all going to elicit different heart rates at different perceived levels of exertion. When I jump on a bike and I'm breathing at a certain rate and I'm sweating a certain amount and I'm, you know, my legs feel a certain amount of fatigue. If I translate that to the same body factors, right? I'm breathing about the same. I'm, my legs feel about the same. I'm actually running at a higher heart rate. My heart rate will just be higher even though it feels like I'm doing about the same effort as I would be on a bike at a lower heart rate. Running is usually just something that makes your heart beat a little faster because you're supporting your own body weight. You don't really feel it. You don't perceive it. So it gets a little bit in the, in the weeds. We'll flip over to that one to 10 scale now because you guys probably aren't going to use that six to 20 and it can be used in three ways. The most simplest way, one to 10. How'd you feel? It's like asking a six-year-old, Hey, out of 10, what do you rate that donut? Right? It's just very basic. Don't worry about the details. Just give a sort of a close answer. You know, I suppose you could say like, Oh, 7.3, but one to 10. How'd you feel? Gut feeling, right? Pretty much just an, uh, a surface level. I think it was an 8 out of 10. I think it was a 9 out of 10. The second way you can use a 1 out of 10 is a reps in the tank version, or a lot of people will say RIR, which is reps in reserve. Meaning, okay, you're going to give this a score at a 10, and the way you're scoring that is I just did a set. Uh, I did 225 on squat. I did eight reps. How many reps in the tank did I have left if I was going to push it all the way? Right? And you work back from 10 on that number. So the downfall to using the scale in this sense is you can't really use it for uh, higher rep lightweight stuff, right? Because the most you can be is a one out of 10 or the least you could be at is a one out of 10. And that means that you had nine reps left in the tank. And there's a lot of like little movements where you probably do something. You're like, yeah, I could have done nine more curls there with that weight, but I didn't. This is used for heavier percentage work when you're up around the 70% of your max, definitely into the 80s and 90s. Something like I just did a set of six at 315 squat. I think I had two more reps left. There was two reps in reserve. That's an eight out of 10. I had two more left. Or if I had three more left, that would be a seven out of 10. Or if I maybe had four, 
I definitely had three, maybe four. It's like a seven and a half out of, or a six and a half out of 10, right? So we're kind of using literally what you think you have left in the tank as your, as your basis. And that's sort of a post processing on the RPE scale. It's not necessarily something you can use going in because you're not going to know how much you have left in the tank or where you stop on that set until you've done the set. And then finally, my favorite way to use RPE is just purely percentage-based. And there's an argument to be said that like, oh, why would you why would you just not consider it percentage and not even really an RPE? Uh, it's a good question, but sometimes the simple number of 6.5 or 7 is a little easier for people. Regardless, uh, Pure percentage means that a 7 out of 10 means that you're working at 70%. So you're prescribed this. It would, you would use this in the, in, in the instance of, hey, I want you to do three sets of 10 reps on the bench, and I want you to do it at a 7 out of 10, meaning a 70% of your one rep max. You're going to do three by 10 at 70% of your one rep max. I want you to do a set of four at an 8.5 out of 10, meaning you're going to do 85% of your one rep max. It's easy. It tells you exactly to put on the bar. The downfall of this is you do need to know your max for every move that you're doing. Basically, that can be a little tedious. None of these are perfect. But this gives you your best, most close, I'm looking at the program, I've been told to do something, it's a 5 out of 10, it's an 8 out of 10, it's a 9 out of 10, I need to do that percentage of weight. In the end, all of them work because the utility and use of this is you're comparing efforts from today to tomorrow, from today to next week at this time, from right now till next year. But if you use different scales or within that one to 10, you're using different versions, it's not going to work as well because now you're just, you don't have the same metrics. So use the same RPE scale and things should work out. Just another way to sort of track your workouts, how much you're doing. The idea, and uh, I believe the recommendation from the government, or I don't know who, don't trust them, but there is a recommendation out there for people, for the general public, to get 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise each week or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity each week. That means that on that 14 to 16 or four, uh, Jesus Christ, the six to 20 scale. If you're a big cardio person and you're trying to get your 150 minutes of moderate, that means you're looking at somewhere around an 11 to a 14, maybe a 15. So about, you know, you're, you're doing 150 minutes of exercise in that 110 to 150 heart rate zone ish. Those are not exact numbers. If you're doing the, the one to 10 scale, you're probably looking at working around a four to a seven 
moderate intensity, right in that middle ground, 150 minutes of exercise in that in that range. And if you're trying to do the vigorous activity on that 6 to 20 scale, you're looking at somewhere upwards of 15 to 18. Probably not a lot of utility in people truly finding like the 19 or 20. Most people don't need that. But, you know, pushing into that 17, 18 range and getting 75 minutes of 14 to 18 would be great. And if you're using the 1 to 10, that's probably 7-ish to 9 on the moderate or on the on the vigorous. Probably don't need to, to really find that 10. So use the RPE, don't use the RPE, but it can be a helpful metric if you need help sort of tracking where you're at or a different way of processing if you've been getting stronger, a different way to sort of look at a workout ahead of time and be like, okay, here's where I'm going to be working at today intensity-wise. I want today to be a 7 out of 10. I'm going to do three days a week at a 6 or 7 out of 10. One day a week, I'm going to try and hit that 9 out of 10. It's a way that we can kind of structure mentally and process on paper the efforts that we're putting forth. So now I can finally erase all these notes on RPE and get that out of the way. Not as an exciting episode as some of the others, but I think useful. And uh, again, we'll be back with some more stuff next week. The body fat uh, test coming up soon. All good things. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. We'll talk next week. Until then. Peace.